Hey stars, welcome to today's Star Parent Podcast. It's your girl, your friend, Mona Cole. Join us as we journey through identity, purpose, and partnership. And if you come with us, we'll get there quick. Hi everyone, welcome to the Star Parent Podcast, or welcome back. Uh, so we have Miss Kayla on the podcast with us and we just been kind of going through the four P's because we're in this Portals of Partnership series. And it's been super interesting. We started out with the last episode being the past of partnerships with our great superstar mom, Keisha. And we just were tiptoeing around what it takes to really be a star parent. Um as it pertains to partnership, because it's such a big word, such a trending word, I guess. And so Kayla is going to kind of just break down this second P with me. Friend, you're going to do it. Because um, I think this is, we, we we touched on it, but like, this is our generation. To me, I call it, the. this is what I call it, since we want to talk about pandemics. I call it the poor pandemic, the pandemic of poor partnerships. I feel like we're the generation that just was bred millennials, to be specific, 80s babies, 90s babies, I guess. I don't really like the end of the 90s, but I'll say the 80s babies, 90s kids kind of people. We were just bred on this independence model, and I guess it's it's created this whole concept of, like, trust issues and self-sufficiency, like, I'm self-made, you know what I'm saying? I'm a boss. I don't need no one. Like, trust no one. Like, I told you about that t-shirt <laughs> that y'all had on, like, a trust no one shirt, which is a popular shirt. And I'm like, okay, personally, from my life experience, I get why I, trust is hard. But I feel like for my life's purpose, it's necessary. So I want you to just kind of jump in wherever you want. Jump in wherever you want. I get how it could be beneficial. Um, I know we spoke earlier. I said it was like having a lack of trust or having your trust abused in previous relationships or past yeah. ones. And it's like it affects how you open up to women or what you accept from them or what you accept from them. And it's like, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I'm in agreement. So I'm going to say um, that as we look at preparation, so we're we, we, we looking at pre- preparation for partnerships. And if we look at partnerships not like I initially did, just like from a romantic perspective, because that's what I initially just looked at it as. But we look at it as friends. We look at it as people like if you're going to be doing business or work life with people that you may be doing something that like is a goal for your life with if all of those are partnerships and I never can get past my past like how impactful that is like even the fact that we got to send our kids to school like we got to trust 
inherently, even though we're like, oh, if they do something to my kid, you know, I'm comforted. But at the end of the day, I trust you because I drop my kid off every day. It's places I will not drop my kid off. And so how do we psychologically stop telling ourselves that I don't trust? Because I feel like it's psychological because inherently we're trusting every day. Every time we do anything, it's a trust to do it. I think it deals with being accountable in yourself, being forgiving in yourself. It's like yeah. a lot of times I feel like when we're mad at people, the real thing is like, oh, I can't believe I trusted you with this. Oh, I can't believe I did this. Oh, I can't, you know, like it's, it's you're mad at the person or the situation, but ultimately it's like you made this decision, you know? So it's like most people don't see it that way. They don't understand that you kind of do have to forgive yourself in those situations too. But I think that's one thing. And then also just, like, I guess having faith and trust in God, yeah. I think, you know? It's like, kind of like with the COVID thing. It's like, we be walking around all the time, and we haven't got COVID. We don't been a lot of places, you know? And, and it's just like to trust God for that. Right. It's <laughs> kind of like a trusting God thing. Going out, spending money, driving cars. Like, I know at some point, I was driving past accidents. All the time. Yes. And even when I was in the accident, it still wasn't as bad as some of the accidents that I have seen. You know, and that's like, that's a trust factor too. You know, you yeah. get in the car and you're trusting yourself to drive and you're trusting the surroundings yeah. around you, people next to you driving, traffic signals, potholes, exactly. cats, squirrels, birds, anything. And it's just like, I don't know. So trust is like inherently there is what I've. I kind of agree with you. It's like we're inherently trusting something. So I said on the revelation of relations, it's like, and I'm going to tie that back in because you said something really important. I don't want nobody to move past that we have to have a partnership with God and ourselves before we can have partnership with people. And I think I said that if we tend to have something broken with God, it's usually because we have something broken with people. Like as a small child, before I even know a God exists, I know my parents exist. I know, you know what I'm saying? The babysitter exists. So we know people before we before we naturally ever really know who God is. Okay. So then also, I guess, forgiveness with God. Right. And so it's like, even though people may say, well, who are you to need to forgive God? God understands my God, Yeshua, Yahweh. He understands that I'm hurt. I'm disappointed by life and by people that I met way before I knew who he was. And so, like, to me, that is a whole partnership. That's a partnership in itself. Um, that is a like as we do portals. That is a huge portal to be able to ever do people. It's like I have to trust that my Creator loves me. That you know what I'm saying. That my Maker cares about me. That you know if this thing that I don't like happens, that it's for my good. Like that's deep to believe. Like when when like ish is just happening, and you like it's gonna be for my you 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 don't. You sure this for my good? But I feel like that is also from just the breach that people have created because somebody let you down from an early age. And then in the combination of that is, is that like I was saying on the revelation of relationships is even atheists have faith. Like they believe they check coming on the 15th and the 13th. Like somebody is going to show up <laughs> and put my money in Bank of America and Wells Fargo. That's trust. You know what I'm saying? Because you go ahead and you put your, your your bills on auto pay. 
because you believe that the money that you're going to have is going to be there. So whatever it is, like you said, whether it's getting in a car, whether it's leaving your house, you believe your house going to still be there. You believe your, you know what I'm saying? You believe your circumstances are going to be the same. And that faith, I feel like extending that faith into a space with people is just psychologically being challenged so much right yeah, now. Because it's definitely. It's on it's, t-shirts. It's like, it's nobody. You know, it's for you. It's why you got the whole thing. What they were saying in the, what, 80s and 90s, cash flow is everything around me. And then now yeah. it's like, you got to get the bag. You yeah. know, I don't trust anything but my money. It's like. Self-made. I'm a, self-made. It's a constant. <laughs> you know, like, it's a false constant. But it's a constant. It's like something that is tangible. So you can see, you know what's coming. As long as you do this, you know that this is going to come. No matter what it is you do, you know, this is definitely going to come. And I guess, like, when you got to start trusting God and relying on God, it's like, he don't operate on our time. You know, yeah. he don't operate off of our works. You know, we learned that in Genesis with Cain yeah. and Abel. You know, no matter what we do, what type of work we put in the land, yeah. if our heart not right, it's not going to produce. That's so what good. We need him to produce or we want him to produce or what So may that be point number one for my popcorn eaters. Our hearts. Like I feel like you just said the word of the day. It's a heart conversion. Like even when you look at like the story of David, a man after his own heart. Like people know David flawed and he messed up and all of the things, but like God loved him enough to like set the, the whole throne of Israel on that man's head. Like the son of David is known as Jesus because of, like, his heart. So how powerful is that? Because I feel like the heart is the thing that is wicked. Like, when people always say, God know my heart, God know my heart, but it's like, do you, bruh, does God know y'all? Do you really want God to be exposing your heart in these streets? And I feel like I've said for the last couple of years, like, when people want your habits, God wants your heart. And if God gets your heart, he'll change your habits. Like, that's my deal. Because I feel like if I try to change my habits, but my heart is jacked up, I'm still manipulative. I still, like, am shady. I still don't care about people. I can be out here all day trying to modify my behavior. And I'm going to still be dirty. And I feel like it's like that with partnership. It's a hard thing. It's like if I come to the table ready to love, ready to forgive, ready to trust, it's a risk. But it's, it's a risk being bitter. It's a risk being unforgiving. You just it's just a psychological thing. So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. This is good, this is good, this is good. I don't know. I just feel like okay, so you know I read the old testament. I know. I read so deep. <laughs> I don't know if you got it just out of here. But it's I'm like not. So I feel like in the old testament, just going based off what she said, it's like, do you really love God? And I was like, I was reading Job. I was going to know the revelation about Job. So it's like, in the Old Testament, I feel like God got to a lot of those people before the world or the culture or anything got to them. Like with David. He still got to David before he became the king that was doing all this stuff. Yeah. Moses, he got to Moses when he was a baby, before he was a murderer, before everything. <laughs> yes. Abraham, before Abraham, not Abraham. Before Adam ate the apple, he yeah. got to him, you know? And it's like when you get to the New Testament with Jesus, so Jesus is about bringing us back to God and, like, telling us 
not to go against the culture about our habits. So it's like in the Old Testament, they had rituals and they had things, prayer, which way to pray, what to wear, what to burn, what animals to kill. Uh, they had things mm-hmm. to show that they love God and like to sacrifice and time. But it's like in the New Testament, Jesus is like, you know what? Y'all still do all this, but you still do. You know, so it's like, I gotta find that song, but let me cut that part out. It's an unsung song. No, you're good. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. But it makes sense what you said. It's like, do you really love me? So, like, if you go through all of this and then I come to you and show you a better way or try to be your friend and show you that I'm God, are you gonna still choose me after all of that? Something like that. I got you. Are you getting bit by bugs? Yes, it's a lot. <laughs> but as we. As we move conceptually into that, I feel like that's that's a big thing for me right now is how how important it is for us to see holistically God. Because I, I think we, we literally just said that, but like it's easy for, for us to say like people should reflect this kind of behavior. But when I started to be like, man, they just people. And this is how I always know I'm humbling myself or I'm in a humbling process. Whenever I want to come for like the wickedness in someone, I get a surreal flashback Mm -hmm. into like my most wicked moment. And it's like, but you remember that time? And so I think in that, the beautiful thing is, it's like it's helped me to have more perspective but it's also created a psychological war because it's like, dang, if I am this wicked and I know I'm trying, I'm supposed to trust them. And it's like, is that the inverse of what this was supposed to do? Wasn't it supposed to help me trust to see myself? But I feel like that's the thing that preparation is supposed to do. It's like our heart is, is it, it's one being made aware because I feel like if you never awareness is like they always say is the first step to to change so I have to be aware that I'm not that great so that I can forgive people's mess ups right but then I have to move from awareness to like a level of openness and that's the thing like openness has been like the preparation that I think our culture and our generation are not being prepared for. We're open and we don't know it. So we're open to like hate. We're open to like, oh, haters, haters, haters. And I'm like, I don't want to think like that. I don't know. I, I kind of like, I'm not trying to wait for someone to do me wrong. Like, oh, you know, like, because that's the way the world is always setting your, your your mind up. Even in church, just to be honest, like, I, I mean, I'm like, man. I was like, thinking people hating. I think I wore this outfit to Zaria Campbell time. And I was like, if I go in there and one person look at me crazy because I got on some short, short shirts, I mean shorts, I'm going to go off on them. Right. You know, like I went to a church setting just like expecting the worst, you know? It's a thing. It's a thing. It's but a I thing. Think that's like one of those spiritual attacks. So I think, I don't know. What was it? I feel like when I first started my spiritual journey, the first thing God helped me do was to be compassionate. You know, like, 
I was put in positions where I had to like be humble to like understand that you can be this type of person and still go through this or you can go through this and still be this type of person like just to understand people and that everybody is different everybody's not the same everybody don't have like the same battles same personalities like it's different things you know Yeah, I think it's pivotal. I think it's pivotal because so it's easy for us to be able to just narrow this down to like forgive, trust, move into greatness. But I feel like in my own experience with preparation for partnership, even preparing to be your friend, like because you've been an amazing person in my life. I always tell y'all in the star community and in general like the old monique could not (laughs) she would she was not qualified to be in relationship with y'all and it wasn't that i didn't have friends i've always had actually been blessed with amazing friendships i've never been like lacking friendships but i was like if i'm honest i wasn't qualified to be their friend like i just was so broken that there were times where i said stuff i didn't need to say I even said, you know what I'm saying? Like how we all like, oh, we hate gossip, but we gossip. Or we hate when people betray our trust, but we betray people's trust. And when I just think about who I was, I'm able to say like, wow, I wasn't even qualified to be a friend. So being around a whole lot of people who still gossip, but are actually (laughs) very good people. Yes, you know, like, I know those like people. They're as very well. good people. So it's like, I feel like it's a, like the whole compassion thing, like, or not compassion. It's just like, I don't know how to say it. Too much of a acknowledgement. I don't know. I think this is about the intention. Like, take my mom, for instance. My mom can tell everybody I'm busy, right? She be on the phone all day, every day, and then she exaggerates stuff. Me and my sister get so mad about it. Like, that even happened. Like, why you even add that on? But it's like everybody knew our business, right? Like, that's technically gossip now. That's what y'all know. So everybody bought it. But it was like she was doing it out of love, you know, or she was doing it out of correction, like just doing it to update people. Yeah. You know, people that we hang around a lot. Like I learned a lot. Like, oh wow, y'all really know a lot about me. Like y'all know my whole life story. And it's because like, I feel like gossiping became something that they took that was kind of like a, a can, word of mouth yeah. thing, like oral. I don't know. But can I defend your mom? Because I will say, like, I'm guilty of, and I've definitely had it done to me. But I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a parental breach, but it's not gossip. I feel like it's, right. a, it, or venting. You know what I'm saying? I like, it's like, dang, this child is really getting on my nerves or dang, this thing is really impacting me. And I'm telling someone that I think cares about me, but I might not be using discernment and the fact that I shouldn't share it because I'm learning that even with my daughter. Like, she's 17 almost. Like, I can't tell other people what she's going through like that. Like, I can talk about generic stuff. I know she went mine, but like, I can't tell people what she's going through out of respect. But I have definitely talked about, like, let me tell you what this child did. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm not talking about but that kind of gossip, of though. came from, like, two toes and everything, <laughs> like, everything. But we got a lot of blessings from that country. Like, I don't know. That's why I guess that, that, yeah. that comes from, like, what you're talking about, good partnerships, like, being around people. Yeah. Like, when it's done out of love or when you're talking to someone because you love them. So it's like, when I'm, like, when I be talking talk to my friends, yeah, it's usually to Miranda or Asia. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only people that's knowing about my family shit. But it's like other people, I'd be weary about telling stuff about her because I don't want nothing to get to my right about her. I but I don't feel like that. Okay, so when I was talking about my gossiping, I'm gonna tell on myself in friendships specifically. I feel like it's like telling things that I probably shouldn't have. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling on myself. Like, and people did it to me as well. I, I actually fell out with friends, like, that I was friends with for decades because they told my business. Like, they might have told it to, you know what I'm saying? They might have told it to their parents, and their parents might have told it to everybody. Whatever the case is, I felt violated. So, I'm, a, I'm going somewhere with that. <laughs> sort of. Well, it could have just been like a community thing. Like, right, hey, right. you told somebody and they told the community and that 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 violated our friendship. Or it could have been a thing where like, why well, I found out like you were really out here telling what I told you in private. So I feel like as this is what I've learned is if gossip is your thing, like I know even, you know, amongst the older people around me, like sometimes gossiping is just a thing that they don't really call gossip. They just be like, I'm just like, we just talking. but. If you can't say that thing to that person without feeling like they're violated, or if you don't want someone to violate you in that way, that's where I'm saying, like, I had to prepare to be the type of person I want to be around. Because honestly, and this is the sick part, I did not want any of the things that I was doing to other people for someone to do to me. So it's biblical then. So yes. Yes. Absolutely. It came back to bite me. Or whatever you do in the dark, always But but I wasn't ready, yeah. Oh, it was a life lesson. Like I've been exposed, exposed for that. But I feel like that is also like a preparation for partnerships. So I always say, like, there's things that I value that other people don't in relationships. Like, some people be like, I don't value that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't a deal breaker. But I want compliments. So don't expect me to get no compliments. Don't be expecting me to say sorry. I am double standard. Anything that I do. And at least you are self-aware. So we said that awareness is the first step <laughs> and then openness. So I feel like if we're looking at the, you know, just going through a point process, like the heart being converted is the first part. Like when you said that, that was really pivotal because people have to have a heart to even want to have partnership. I can all the grants. But at the same time, I think in the combination of the parenting aspect of it, but also the don't do that. (laughs) Also the personal aspect of it, 
it's like a real tool for life. It's like you really start to begin to like, oh, man, this is a thing. You know, like I really do need to figure this out. I really do need to process like people. And that's what I just feel like this episode is about the processing of people because there are places you're going to need people. I love you. I needed you throughout this star process. You are a godsend. And, you know, but you're more than that. We hang out. We, like, we're, like, relational support. See, they they might be retired. Real friends might be retired. (laughs) People just watch your kids. Like, you just drop them off. I ain't never had that. No call. But that, okay, so let me say this. I think that still exists. I think it has to be built. And I think the problem with our generation is we don't want to work for it. I think the problem, well, within my family. Oh, see, we're not doing family. <laughs> that's who watch me. That's who drop me off with my family. We're all so broken. You know, like, a lot of my cousins, I grew up with them. They have kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our kids are around the same age. But we don't, even though we used to be around each other, Yeah. So I couldn't just pull, even though my mama could pull up to their mama's house and drop me off. So my older cousin used to watch me, and they got kids now my age, but I can't just drop my child off and go home, or they can't just come pick me up. We gone for yeah. a week, we gone for a summer. But I feel like that's the thing, too. You have to redefine what support is going to look like. Because I feel like there are people that grew up in my parents' era, like baby boomer era. They didn't get that kind of support. My my parent, one of my parents, like they didn't have a village that raised them or their siblings. They really had to step up and help. My God, so. No, but I'm saying that because I feel like for the star, that is like, hey, okay, I don't have that, and I'm a single parent, and so I, I have to, and I don't have money. I'm not a celebrity, so I don't have a nanny and just this whole team I can buy. So I have to go out and create real relationships with real people and really trust somebody to be a part of my life and my children's life. And so for me, like right now, you know, my my, my baby boy, God bless my little baby boy. He the baby. So listen, that kid, I was, I've been pretty much like a full-time entrepreneur since I had that kid. So I was able to be, like, at home with that kid the whole time. But recently, I had a revelation. (laughs) This ain't working. (laughs) You need to go to school. (laughs) And so it was a thing for me. I wasn't just like, hey, just go to any local school that you can go to. I care. All all four of my kids, I was very particular. None of them were, like, the six-week daycare babies. And I'm not judging because I ain't in that situation. I know people have to go to work. But see, because I didn't put from my oldest who's 17 and I was a teenager when I had her to the to the baby, none of them were never like six-week daycare babies. Like I, they were home with me for the like first couple years or they were at someone's house that I knew. I, I've never been that person. So now that my, my baby boy is in like school, we'll say, he's in preschool, and I'm like very much saying that's a partnership. And he ain't even there every day. He there part-time. But, like, it's a partnership that he's with somebody. But that 
even took a level of trust. Like I went through some things because I knew those people through like my family. So it was like a trusted environment. But I still had prayed. I think I fasted. I was like, listen, I care. You know what I'm saying? What I do with my children. And everybody might be like, it ain't that deep. They're going to go to the local kinder care, La Petite, do your thing. But, you know, that might be their answer because I've had a daycare be an answer for my other children. But what I just feel like is partnership is necessary. And I feel like that thing really got to a place where I was like, if I don't get partnership for this kid, (laughs) I will be a bum. (laughs) I need need support to get done with what I need to do. Yeah, we're not going to drop drop okay. names. So the daycare that I went to and the church that I went to when I was younger, when I put that same child in, I didn't get the same results. But then it took me searching around and finding a whole bunch of places. Like, when Zuria first got the daycare, first of all, I didn't want to go to daycare because she was too cheap. She sold me a couple times. Yep. She was sold me a couple of those bitches. And also, if I go somewhere on the school bus and make sure that they know you there, it's going to be so toxic. Like, they got to know you there. Like, yeah. they get you off the bus and they're like, you look quiet. Zuriel missed me. That's what I want. And that's exactly what she is. Yeah. So they know that you're not there, that you don't know you there. So that's what they want. That's what they want. But <laughs> it took that. And then it took, like, remember the first daycare experience? It was all upsidy and everything. And they had uniforms. And then they had, like, a little video camera that you could see things. And they used to put you in different rooms and different mm-hmm. stuff. But every time she went there, she cried and took the real. Wow. And they used to call me about that stuff, too. Like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? What's wrong? Come from my child. It's okay. I'm going to come. <laughs> and then it took me finding another school. Actually, I don't know. I ended up losing my job, but I had to go to another school because I couldn't do it. And I found another school. And it's like from the moment they got there, it was like you can tell, like, this is the place she's supposed to be because they like yeah. her. Like, she used to be just be running and everything while she was crying. And then she even got to the point where she was like, I don't really like this daycare that I'm in. It's different, you know? But that was something I had to And that's what I feel like the work is, like, going to separate this generation from every other generation. Because I like every man I can think of. It's, and I feel like, okay, so, you know, me and my spirituality, my my biblical end times. But I feel like that's the thing that's making this like a harder season in the world is that we have to work for things that our family didn't, but we also don't work for things that our family did. Like we both melanated, we mowed brown, we didn't work through Jim Crow. <laughs> We're not suffering through segregation and certain things. And even though people like to to argue that, oh, racism, whether it exists or not, it doesn't exist in the same form by no means. We don't have the physical struggles of our ancestors. But we have psychological struggles that our ancestors did not feed into because of all the things around us. And so I feel like with that work being more psychological, we just have to do our work. Like this is our season to work through relationships. Before it was like, you have a baby, the neighborhood got you. Like, my parent, my mama used to say, if you got a whooping, as, if you got in trouble at school, you got whooped by the teacher, then you got whooped by the neighbor, then you got whooped by your parents. By the time you got to the house, that was your third whooping. Because everybody was all, it was a community effort. And it wasn't like people were perfect, but they were together. 
and now it's like you spend you know five months trying to see if you want to give somebody your real phone number because it's yeah, like it's, it's a struggle bus man. man it's a struggle bus that'd be like tugging on my coattails like it's like <laughs> the part of me that is in the world can see how it was a systematic thing to take us away not just the black family but a lot of families but mainly the black family right So I think it's a combination, but I think universally, like people just in all communities, the world was smaller. So it was like now the world is bigger because think about like social media. You you talking to people from China and you you're you're having global conversations or your information is a global accessibly thing. Whereas before it's like all we know is all we know is these four blocks. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got to know each other because this is all we, this is our world. And so now it's like we have to go in. And I think when you just talked about that and we have to be intentional with making our kids eat at the table, making our kids not be on social media or do different things. And that intentionality is psychologically draining because you're being programmed to just compromise. And for me, as a star, it's like how I'm supposed to show up and shine. I'm already exhausted, I think and that's the thing. Because we got put outside. Oh, I so, still put my see. I put my kids outside. I'm that see, parent. I'm not that parent. Get out the house. My baby and you're locked still, out. Still baby. So oh yeah. I can't really you can't do it with the one kid. Leave her outside. I feel like back in the day, even being sick, I was a latchkey kid. I was coming home with a key on my back in second grade. I wouldn't trust my child with that now. I play with dolls through ninth grade. I am okay. I am okay with that. Oh, girl, she's going there. They don't all Prep yourself. been there. 
90 years old and I'm babysitting me, my mama, my grandma, everybody. I know people who do the hair, like there are people that have been yeah, yeah. forever. But there are some people in this neighborhood, especially with like some of these social changes, like it's it's not the same. Well, I agree. I nobody, so. Well, but see, I'm not talking about necessarily the people who buying up the houses. I'm saying that I, I feel you. But I'm saying like the I'm saying like I feel like in these small communities that are impoverished. I, 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 I'm going to tell you, in this, in the communities I'm referring to, I feel like the beauty of what they still have is everybody, like, has been living in those spaces so long, whether it's because it's public housing and everybody just want to keep their same spot or whatever it is. It's like there's a norm. Yeah, see, I'm not talking about houses. Yeah. But see, you talking about the people who live in the house. I'm talking about yeah, the people I'm who live in apartments. In I'm talking about people who live in places that end don't in the word courts. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely changed because ain't even no the kids in the hood got phones. And even on the like, metro, you can we you can do it. But see, they still doing it over there. They Where? still that. Oh, I won't even put all these people on blast on this podcast. But I'm gonna just say, like, I recently just went to the hood, and the hood is the same. It's the only difference is the kids are using cell phones. Maybe they're metros, and they're able to get on IG, and they're just outside. But they're still outside. Like people outside, all like they. I'm sure of it. They're outside right now at night. Like the hood is still the hood because I feel like. That's the thing that I we have more. Okay. We had to be in the house still by the street lights. I grew See, up on the it's south different side. now. We still had to be in the house by the street lights. Old Town Road, <laughs> everywhere when I was younger, it was a street light thing. And see, that's not the thing no that's more. That's not now. The kids are being Oh, they do be outside. Now, that's new. So they're outside, but they, to me, they've been outside for a little while. I think that the thing that they still have is community they do have community in those places where i feel like the middle class person is like more concerned like the things that you concerned about for your baby just because of your education level your experiences and your exposure you care more about things that you have the exposure and the background to care about some people are just like trying to yeah you exposed and you are educated and i think that makes a difference but I feel like there's something to grasp from that because our grandparents, you know what I'm saying, even though they might not have been all poor by virtue of being poor, but they all grew up in a space where they weren't that exposed. And a lot of them weren't as highly educated. So community was a value. So I'm saying the place where I still see community being valuable is the place where there's the least amount of exposure and sometimes the least amount of like formal education. I guess. I guess no, I think you'll be I honest. Oh, yeah. you Yeah, the places you literally grew up are gentrified. But it's like there's places that still aren't gentrified in those areas. So, I don't know. So, we got, we got, what do we have? Yeah. You, you can't drop your kids off in Buckhead, child. So, I'm saying the heart conversion is like the main thing like you have to be yeah but i feel like that's the thing it's a process 
So we process it. I get it. I said that point, and I was like, no, I was going to make a point. Okay. I don't know. So I just feel like, so as we wrap this whole idea of preparation, because I think it's like we're saying this, it's going to be on the podcast, but genuine preparation for me is like such work. And that's, I think, what I'm saying. Number two is it's work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's work. I guess that's me. It's like, I know there needs to be work done, maybe. (laughs) But I don't know what it is. Like, I know we were talking about church this week. I know I got church. But I wholeheartedly believe in my church decisions. Like, I don't believe I would not have to. I feel like they're intertwined. I feel like this person chose me for fellowship, but this event happened so that I know not to do this you know know. it's like like a fight or flight like yeah I'm a science brain so I go off facts (laughs) I'm a fact person Yeah. if it can't be proved or equated or something or just going off like the history of something it's just hard and I think that's the problem so okay I see signs, no shade to the signs, but they're like, you know, all the political signs. And one of the statements is science is real. Okay, but I feel like that's code for something else, like fact over faith. But let's just say that's what the the code is. A factual thing, even in science, is a hypothesis. You know what I'm saying? It's your best guesstimate till you find another thing. <laughs> right? So he could reference something in the Bible that happened, and it happens just from his time frame, right? So if I try to do that in my thing, so like, yeah, I can reference a Bible thing, you know, no weapon forms against me shall have to prosper. But it's like, okay, I'm still alive, mm-hmm. you know? I have food. I can drive places. I can, like, I have my needs. But it's like, I'm still frustrated by it. Right. It's still inconvenient. So what about, like, my emotional stuff? Or, like, what about, you know, like, how I feel about my self-worth, you know, like, battling with, like, just internal things, like, mental things. It's like, what is my factor in that when everything factual to that is just nothing? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, so I can be yeah. thankful for my needs. Like, I'm, I'm happy I'm alive. I can be like, yeah. But then it's like, eh, am I? So it's like someone says, you have to redefine success and you have to redefine prosper. So if the word prosper equates to like succeed, no weapon formed against you shall succeed. You have to redefine what does it mean for something to succeed against you. And you have to redefine what prosper means. So that's your lean. You're going to lean towards that. Bad business things, bad decisions. It's like, how do you reframe the negative? So, like, the heart thing, I get. But it still starts with you. Like, your heart can be fine. You're transformed you know? by the renewing of your mind. So, it's like, how do you change your mind? You know? Without yeah. a burning bush. <laughs> so, 
for me because I'm in the transformation of my mind. Like it's a daily thing. One renewing your mind is daily. So I think everybody should throw away the concept that there's some absolute deliverance. Like people just think, "Oh, I'm going to get my breakthrough." Like <laughs> but I mean, I feel like disappointment and letdowns shape us as much as the potential for hope and faith can shape us. It's just that we don't choose to. And I just, I'm going to drop the book name because I liked it. Um, The concept of it, the guy named John Acuff wrote a book called Soundtracks. I'm still working through trying to read that book. But I like the concept that he said because it was like how you replay music over and over. And that becomes, um, it's meditation. Whatever you listen to, you meditate it on. And so it's like we have a bend that especially the more that we're in this social media information digital age and it's all all over the place again our grandparents weren't exposed as much to as much information they were limited by information and their grandparents were limited even more and so the more exposure we have the more the negativity can get access to us so i feel like one way is you have to um come out of the world and some people call that like detoxing you know what i'm saying like um they call that what do you you call it um it's like cut off when you cut off like social media you cut off tv it's like a, a measure of basically taking yourself out of the noise i do that all the time so i would say to reframe my mind i consistently get away from every type of noise and the thing is, you can't get out your head. That's the hardest place to get out of. But when so many things get out of your head, it's easier for you to come out. And so I think a lot of people don't take silence breaks. Like they have these things called silent retreats. And I think that's like crazy but awesome. Like you can go somewhere where you have to literally be locked or you're not locked away, but like you choosing to go to a retreat where you can't talk for a certain amount of days. No one's talking to you. And it's not like solitary in prison where it's punishment because you can eat and, you know, walk around. But but it's, it's it, you can do that without spending money to go to a retreat. You can, like, choose to shut yourself down. I have four. I do it all the time. My I, I, So let me say this. Whatever you want, we do. Like, if I have a job and I had to work an uh, overnight shift, I'm going to get help because I need to go to work. Whatever we want, we will pursue. And I feel like I'm going to say fasting because it starves your body. So it makes you have a clearer mind and silence begin the process of reframing your mind because it's like it's so much noise. And I feel like so many people don't really have their own thoughts in their head anymore. Like they don't even really believe what they're believing. They just repeat it so much that they begin to believe it and so when you don't have anything to repeat for a while when you're like on these breaks from the internet and like i tell you that all the time somebody's always trying to tell me what's going on where i'm like keep that like i mean i learn about like so many things from people be like you ain't heard about that I'd be like i haven't and please don't inform me i'm good and it's not because i want to be ignorant because that's why i have I have the Holy Spirit because it's like I got intuition. Like there will be times where I'll be like, oh, I ain't supposed to be there. And then I'll hear, oh, something happened because I wasn't supposed to be there. But I'm not saying everybody can just live off of their intuition. You need information 
but I choose the information. You know what I'm saying? Like, I choose what I'm going to Google. I choose what I want in me. So I don't put myself on platforms where you're just feeding me. Because I think that the platforms done got slick now. You can have zero friends and somehow still get all the ads. I'm like, why do I see these people's posts? And I know I have zero friends. And I don't need to see anybody's issues. But that just lets me know how infiltrated the world is. So that would be my, my first main thing is like you, like the Bible says, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And so, like, you also have to take moments, like, I said that on other podcasts, like, Jesus went away, he always went away. Like, that's, like, always what he was doing, was going away from everybody. I said that on one of the podcasts. Yeah, that's your thing. You don't got no kids, you know? And Zuriel's yeah. name, her name means anchor or my rock. So, it's like, <laughs> I would expect, you know, like, I always say, reason I'm around the people I'm around and the situations that I'm in and I make the choices that I make is like a good 75% based on my God. Now sometimes I say that's not true, but 75% of the time it's because of God, you know? And I know, honestly, I would not be living where I'm living if it was not for my child. Like, I don't know. Like, y'all think y'all can't reach me now. If I ain't had no child, can't believe me. I don't know. See, you yeah. don't. So it's like, I get that. So there are things that I just can't believe. Like even with her, I'm with her all the time. Like even though I got people that are helping me with housing, there are still everything else I gotta do on my time. You yeah. know? People that'll watch her, but that's only on their time. It's only like a certain amount of time. You know, I'm just like, okay. So it's like every other time. But I get yeah, that. That was my argument. But I will say as a person with four children, multiply your one by four. I will say that you can do it. No, listen, it ain't even like that because my oldest might as well be my youngest. Like, I have them all the time because of the type of parent I am. They're not. So I will say that closing your door or for me, and I'm in a similar situation, so it's not like, oh, I just have all this freedom to just do what I want. But it's still like, Closing my door or taking opportunities where um, I say, you know, like, I know this kid is not going to be in my face during this time, whether that's when you're at school or whatever. And choosing what I allow in. I think that's the most important thing because I don't get I don't get rid of my children when I'm being silent from the world. To be honest, like my children are actually like great assets to me in my silent season. And I'm, I actually, like, am a better parent when I'm not, when I'm nowhere near social media, 
when I'm not watching TV and I'm not engaged with all the things in the world, I can actually go eat ice cream and walk around and talk to my kids and hear them That's better. That's true. Okay, we had so, a power yes. outage one day, and yes. I actually played a game with Zaria. That's true when you say that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the world is robbing us of our attention, and we're saying it's like, oh, well, I can't do it because of my kids. No, I spend, I, I'm going to call myself out. Like, when I was really on social media, I could find myself so ingrained in a scroll for like a two hours and I'm looking up like how I get on this person page and I wasn't being a mom necessarily I was just ingrained in what was going on on my phone and when I even if I'm watching like YouTube videos I don't care if they sermons whatever they are it's so easy to get in the you know what I'm saying to get in the whole loop of the world and what the what's going on and when I shut down I'm, I'm like what there are flowers actually growing outside. Like, there's like a For world me, outside. Tea. Yeah. Me, it's tea. I can, social media, it's, it's a little different. Because I kind of, I don't know, my social media is tea. Like, we going there right now. <laughs> Plant things naturally. But TV is probably something that kind of drains my energy. Like, I can sit there and just binge watch a whole TV show, yeah. but not have energy to do nothing else. Yeah. And I can't concentrate. Then it's to the point where, even if I'm studying, I got to have TV and music <laughs> and something else just to get me to focus on what I need to study or what I need to focus on and come back to it. Okay, I get that. So that would be one of the things that I would genuinely say, like taking regular retreats from the world is very helpful in reframing your thoughts. But I think that's the thing, like we said that earlier, change is hard. And because it's so uncommon and it's so unconventional, and I said before, I'm the exception. I And I say that and I represent a whole organization that I say we're the exception. So I feel like it's not going to be something that necessarily is well-received or makes a bunch of sense, but it's going to be the best thing for people. And I think that people, like, trip me out when they're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, and just like my mental health is being impacted. But I'm like, you're doing the same things that's impacting your mental health. It's like you're in, you're, you're stuck in a cycle. So yeah, you're like, stuck in a loop. If they count one view or whatever you do, one scroll, every time you open up the app, watch a TV mm-hmm. show or anything, like you're a part of the whole thing where they're like, any next thing you say? So yeah. Because like, basically it's just a small group of people like, when you think about it, we're like a whole bunch of people in a little mass meeting room with like a couple little people at the top that just know everything. So 1%. All the way up to like literally just one person or one company that probably doesn't know a lot. They know everything. So it's like whatever you do, whenever you participate in it, you're kind of like participating in your own destruction. Yeah, and that movie, like Social Dilemma, they were talking about just how all the people who create these things refuse to even allow them to be staples in their own lives or their own children's lives. And so I'm just saying, like, but they, and you can't knock their hustle. It's like people who make, you know, I won't call out restaurants, but, you know, they've made documentaries about certain restaurants and fast food places, but then the people try to sue them for, like, the harm of their health. But you drove through the drive-thru. You kept purchasing that food. And it's like, that's how we treat our mental health. We keep feeding ourselves the trash that we say is harming us and saying, but they're not, you know, it's, this is all a game. 
but we're at some point responsible for whether we get up and play it. And that's what I've just made my decision that I'm not going to play the game. There is, it's better, a little bit, if you buy stuff from the grocery store, or if you go get it from, like, a certain restaurant, you know, you can get some fast food, but it's like, not everything is equal, like, and I feel like you're right. They clone themselves, like, like, all these seedless watermelons, you know, <laughs> we grew up with watermelons with the seeds, and you had to sit there and spit them out, but, like, to make a lot of these they are asexual. So they're taking mm, two of the I same see. species of the plant or the, you know, the plant just to make something without seeds. Mm. So instead of it being a female part, you know, you got your X chromosome and your Y chromosome, likewise, you yeah. got two of the same. What does that sound like in the Earth world? I'm, yeah, I'm leave that alone. That's why I said <laughs> but that, nature that's, reflects, that's nature reflects humans. And that's clone food. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is cloned. I always say a lot of this vegetables that I eat now, I feel like they weren't around when I was younger. That's because they're new. Like, they were chemically made in a lab or, like, right. sliced up, which is cool, but But, but know, listen, like, what do people typically do that buy those type of seedless fruits? Because I can think of one that targets children. And when, when I say that fruit, the way that they market that fruit is that they, like, oh, this is, you know, they put it actually, like, some type of, like, godly name on it. everywhere now. Like, you know, there are some places Right. Inner city. So I'm one of the people that grew up in the inner city. When I moved out from my mama, we lived on Lee Street, right across from <laughs> Tyler Perry. There was a Winn-Dixie. Winn-Dixie is expensive, and it's all the way in East Point. So it still weren't close enough. We got a car. We were riding Marta all the way up from Lakewood train station all the way to Midtown train station. It's probably like 30 minutes or something that way just to get groceries because there is no food where we are. So it's like Depending on where you are, that's kind of like your only option, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what they sell. Like, it's hard to find seedless watermelon now unless you're actually searching for it, you know, where to And that's it. what I was going to say, the connection to getting your personal breakthrough is. You got to look for it. You got to work for it. And you, it is hard, but I'm going to tell you. Girl, somebody without a job right now, <clears throat> my gas is running out. I'm stuck with COVID, and I hate COVID. I'm so <laughs> Hey, how when you go there early in the morning. See, we can't be naming the people. We can't Kroger. be naming the people. <laughs> ain't nothing stops. You know, it ain't like the Kroger's when you go to Glenwood and everything where they don't gentrified everything, okay? <laughs> this is Kroger's. Regular Kroger's. Plain old Kroger. Ain't nothing stops. Ain't nobody's there. We're not. Everything is robotic. <laughs> you ain't even got the cashiers in the morning, the greasies. When you come in there at 5 o'clock in the morning, you say issues. hello. of the world so what we're saying is the world is slimy and grimy and it's a clone but guess what no we can't do that because that's what i'm saying if you're trying to reframe your mind you can't be looking for a point of reference to blame because then you're gonna go back into the cycle of i'm disappointed people disappoint me life disappoints me the world is disappointed in order to break that because that was your question how do you break that you have to redirect that energy, keep that same energy, and you got to redirect it.
towards change because change is work. In the same way, like with my very limited resources in this season, that I've had to like, I've taken you to like the farm, the black owned farm. You know what I'm saying? I have to go search for organic food and I do not receive government assistance. And I have to go do the hard work to give my children the best possible thing I can in that moment. Do sometimes we have to shop where we shop, we shop where we shop. But for the most part, I'm intentional with my kids' food because I care. And I, you know, like I'm saying, I started growing some things out of pot. Because even if it's just a little bit of access to some mint or some basil that's at my house, it's at my house. But it's work. And I feel like when we go back into partnership, I think that's the thing that I will say is the last piece. Like we said, the heart part, because your heart got to be, you got to have a heart for it. I know it's your podcast. No, no, we're good. never ate fast food. I didn't start eating fast food until I had Miranda. I remember she used to, when she used to go with my auntie or my mama and Miranda, that's the only time she got fast food. My sister come back and she was like, oh my god. So we used to make fries, from scratch, we used to make hamburger and lettuce and everything. All her little things, we used to mash up fruits and vegetables. We never got like the baby food. We used to mash it up and everything. But it's like, I'm not that committed so I just will say like I can I do way too much complaining but I will say like I'm so it's but I mean I feel like without that being the issue for me on my own in my own house wherever the situation is I've always just been a very strong-willed person but I used to use my strong will to be rebellious and I feel like that's the whole idea I think even in that book soundtrack Whatever you put all your energy in that was driving you negatively, you can use that same energy to drive you positively. The problem is, is that our bend is to go negative. It's just that's the way our bend is. So you have to almost be like a spiritual chiropractor, and you have to let that thing break so that you turn in the different direction with the same energy. Yeah. I so I think we're good, though. I think we all can do this. I don't know what he be doing in your life. He be torturing you with <laughs> But it's it's gonna work because we're we're gonna we're gonna wholeheartedly say that the preparation of partnerships for people who take notes. <laughs> well, wait, we, we wait. I can't let you do that on the podcast because I'm not gonna let you put your story on the podcast. It's still recorded, so I need you to be able to say to yourself the three preparations for partnerships: a heart change or a heart conversion. Intentionality, intentionality, and then I would say the last thing is um, consistency, because I feel like even if I look at our relationship, it's been my heart had to change for me to even be an available person that God would trust with yours, you know what I mean, or trust with our friendship. Then intentionality, I did have to pursue you sometimes like um I was stalking you whenever like you didn't want to be bothered because there were seasons where you just were going through things then there's seasons when I go through things and you check on me you know what I'm saying when I don't want to be bothered so 
You do. So relationships are intentional. You know what I mean? Like people in friendships, in in partnerships with your romantic partner, you're going to have to be intentional. But first, your heart has to be open. But after you're intentional because you have to pursue that thing, lastly, I would say is consistency. Because I think it's easy to have like a boost of intentionality. Like, I'm a, oh, yeah, I'm a, you know what I'm saying? But then it's easy to like get fatigued. Like, oh, I tried. You know, I think we said that at one point earlier. Like, I tried. And, and people give up because they're like, I tried that already. I did that already. And it's like the consistency is like the same way you would hold someone's consistent with you. Like, I have whole moods where I shut down. And I think to myself, wow, there are some people who fall off. Like, if I legit don't respond enough to them or I don't respond back the way they expect me to be fast enough, then I can see that our relationship goes away. Because they're like, oh, okay, well, I encouraged her that one time. She ain't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I I realized that I have to be that person to other people. Because sometimes you can be like, oh, I texted them and they ain't text me back. So, And that's me in real life. Like, that's also a spirit of rejection. I like, mean, my text a real friend. Like, if I keep talking to them, Right. But consistency is a thing that people don't really practice anymore. They fall out because it's like, you didn't accept my one time I tried. Or, well, then the world is full of them. (laughs) You're you're good. (laughs) But I'm just saying that. So if we're looking at preparation, the heart being open to change and to just, I think, conversion so that you can be healed, you can forgive, all of those things. That's the foremost. But wouldn't that be what, like, somebody breaking their trust means? Like, it's like if you trust is like you say, habit, breaking habit. I'm sorry. No, what you saying? No, I'm not saying. If somebody breaks their trust, it's breaking their habit. Or they, like, break their idea of marriage because they say, it's not what it was. How can you go back to that? Like, some things yeah, but I feel like there's some relationships that aren't supposed to be relationships. Oh, yeah. I'm going to recommend a book right now, everybody. Relational Intelligence. Relational Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels really helped me. It is a categorical, uh, what do you call it? Categorical book on... We're not doing that. So categorical um, book on how to really place people in your life. So for me, I really do that. I'm not going to lie. I really love everybody, but I also identify everybody. So it's some people where I'm not going to pursue the relationship the same way. I know that God didn't give me like a piece that that person is supposed to be in that part of my life. Like everybody can't watch my kids. No, it's was it. Everybody can't watch my kids. Everybody can't be in my personal space. So once I got that revelation, I stopped being so upset about relationships. So I would definitely recommend it. But I would also say, like, that's why we're calling this portals of partnership because there are portals of places that every person can partner with you, but they're not all supposed to partner with you the same way. And I think that's how we, you know, make friends bays and how we make you know what i'm saying associates 
and you know what I'm saying, connections, friends. Everybody's not supposed to be in your life in the same way. And so I figured that out. Um I'll figure that out. And see, they I think that me. they use my child or they use my kids. But when you go on them silent retreats, God will give you discernment. So I'm gonna pray that for everybody because we're gonna start doing prayers at the end of the start because we need prayer in this world. But yeah. Discernment because discernment has been such a gift for me. It's a gift of the spirit, actually. It helps you be able to identify things that up front you can prepare for so you don't have to be hurt by it. Because so discernment helps you trust correctly. The, the spirit of discernment is it gives you a divine understanding of a thing. So, like, if I see a person, they come in my life, my natural reaction is to build with them. Like, I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh, we have so much in common. Sometimes that's, I'm just talking about me. The way I'm set up is I'm friendly. And so when you're friendly, you think everything can be a potential friend. But discernment is like not them. I'll feel, I'll, I will get that in my soul, like so not my them. Your discernment might like be on the flip enemy. side. Right. So you think differently, but the thing is that might also be working against you because that might be where if you have the spirit of discernment, it may say you need to let down your guard or you need to listen to them or you need to forgive them. Like discernment doesn't, it doesn't play a a, a specific role. Like it doesn't just, I just say this to everybody. It says what everybody needs to know. So when I have discernment, I am being able to, discern what i need because of how i'm made because the spirit of god the spirit of my most high god tells me that and if i believe that god made everything then he knows the intentions of everything but if i don't ask god which at one point i didn't i did not involve god in my relationships a person would pull up on the side you know the whole stoplight boo thing like oh girl let me get your number one i should have just had discernment boy bye but then there was another level of like, hey, maybe I shouldn't give them my number. Or it could be a person where it's like, hey, you know, is this person someone I should date? Is this person someone I should be friends with? It were people that now, in retrospect, I can see all the flags, blue flags, red flags, black flags. I can see all the flags that we should not have been friends. But in the moment, it was like, this feels good. And so discernment is what you get privately that you get to utilize publicly so when i'm by myself silently not in the world that's when i will get a word on my life or people then when i have to go back into the world i remember oh yeah and that's how I, you learn how to move you learn how to move around that it's not easy but yes, yeah, so this has this has been great. You did great. <laughs> we have three things as we move through this second P today because we realize that past is still a thing in partnership. We have to really like I we doing this fast on the podcast, but this is like a process, man. This takes sometimes it takes years to really heal in a way where you can have healthy partnerships. But I have, I am convinced, my discernment is convinced that it will be one of the most valuable things in this season of people. 
because that's why it's being attacked so much. I feel like whatever is often really most um, attacked is most valuable. And I feel like that's why relationships are really being attacked. Trust is really being attacked because it's going to be super valuable. It's hard to like someone you don't trust. So I feel like it's the trust com- combined with just the whole, like, because I like we said from the very beginning of the podcast, people trust in whether they know it or not. Inadvertently, we trust in someone all the time. We're trusting something all well, the time. But it's a psychological like wall up right now. It's one of those things of, like, what they say? I don't know. I thought it was a But, like, you know, like, the devil can take something and kind of twist it back. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you're not supposed to put your trust in them. But you can't really love people without trusting them. Like, if you need your neighbor to do this, mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs people. He made us to need people. Like yeah. We wouldn't have feelings and urges and desires and things we do if we weren't forcing ourselves to trust people. Like, it takes two people to make a person. You know, so it's supposed to keep us together. But it's like, I don't know. I think we're trading off our needs for our quick desires. Right, but that's why, so, okay, I'm going to leave y'all with this. So, when we don't heal, because we believe at start, you should heal, sis, and you should heal, bro. When you don't heal, you still get the same hurt that you were trying to avoid by invisible attacks. So, for instance, all the people who are saying that they don't trust relationships and they, they don't want to be married, are still having sex and believing in a lot of these, like, polyamorous, I'm going to just be with a whole bunch of people, I'm just going to be in all these different type of sexual relationships, which is a trip to me because it's like you wearing a mask for this, but you, like, not wearing a mask down there. Never mind, none of the above. So the, the, point, the point is, with no judgment, is you're trusting someone, you're trusting someone to go, in. oh, I'm about to get real real quick in these last few minutes, you're trusting someone to go into your vagina. You're trusting someone when you're putting your penis in random people. You're trusting someone. And the problem is, is that you, that's how you become a star too, just a fact. If you're out here sleeping around, but you don't trust love, but you trust lust, you're trusting something. You're just trusting the wrong thing. And so we just want you to trust in something that we think could be a better thing and it will be work and that's the trick that you want the thing that you think isn't work but that's because it's really out to get you it's like it's gonna hurt you yes so i love y'all to life um we're not gonna do you dirty we love you very much and we hope that um our partnerships begin to develop i'm so thankful for my partnership with you you are my you are my sister in the spirit. You're my friend in life. You've allowed me to be some form of 
any type of mentorship through the spiritual aspects and I'm appreciative of your consistency in my life because you could have you could have thrown away this greatness and um I I love you Taylor you're my friend and you're partnering with me with star you're absolutely a partner with star Yeah, it's time to go because we did this outdoor, like, nature podcast, and I'm done now. So we love you to life. Love you, love you, love you. And we want you to heal, sis, and heal, bro, so you can shine star. And we hope this portal's a partnership. No, I be- I'm declaring that. I'm going to pray every time. I say we need more prayer in the world. I pray that everyone under the sound of our voices today is blessed. I pray that they are impacted in the best possible way and that, their partnerships begin to manifest, not because they're manifesting it, but because the creator is manifesting all those promises and beautiful outcomes that um, he made them for. And one of those things is relationships. So we love you, love you, love you, and we hope you have an amazing